welcome back to the Getting Into Good Trouble podcast, where we talk about the struggles that teach you the trouble. I'm your host, Colin, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the March of the Mummies protest in the UK. Organized by the Pregnant and Screwed organization, the March of the Mummies was a march across the UK along 11 locations on Saturday, 29th, 2022, at 11am. The Mummies are demanding government reform on childcare, parental leave, and flexible working. 54,000 women alone lose their jobs from being pregnant. About 390,000 working mothers face discrimination. The United Kingdom has the second most expensive childcare system and the least generous maternity and paternity leave in the world. Many moms pay tens of thousands of dollars to put their children in childcare, hence the quote working to put their children in daycare. Yo, but what's the goal of the protests? The protest aims to shine a light on the frustration and fear of families navigating the childcare and parental leave landscape. Protesters want the government to acknowledge that this is a big problem and they want action toward a solution. Michaela, who organized the event? Organized by Pregnant and Screwed, Joely Brearley founded the organization in 2015 after she was fired via voicemail two days after she informed her employers that she was pregnant with her first child. Joely wanted to shed a light on the discrimination and penalization mothers face for having children, also known as the motherhood penalty. Colin, what is the motherhood penalty? The motherhood penalty forces women to choose between paying the bills and parenting. A recent survey showed that 31% of new parents will not be able to afford to have any more children, and 48% of pregnant mothers will have to cut their maternity leave short due to financial hardship. According to a source, the Prime Minister of the UK stated that he recognized that women are still shouldering a disproportionate burden of family life. So we'll look again at childcare and make sure public services are family friendly. The government already provides some childcare funding, for example, up to 30 hours per week of free childcare for three and four-year-olds in England during the school year. However, many parents are only entitled to 15 hours per week due to the salary threshold. To gain a better perspective, we talked to Christine Farquharson, a senior research economist who works at the Institution for Fiscal Studies in London. Christine specializes in childcare and how government policies affect childcare and families. So we just have a few questions, like as I sent previously. So um, the first question is, have the protests affected anything uh, such as childcare costs? So I think the protests haven't affected childcare costs per se, um, but I think what the protests do is they speak to the fact that a lot of families in England are feeling um, a little bit under the pump when it comes to childcare costs. They're finding that, you know, the price of everything is going up pretty quickly right now. Uh, The price of childcare has been going up more quickly than prices in the economy as a whole. Um, And so a lot of families are, are feeling, are finding that to be a difficult thing to manage and are are finding that to be uh, something where they wish that the government would intervene more and offer them more support. And um, so, first of all, like, why is childcare so expensive in the UK? Well, childcare is pretty expensive everywhere. Um, and you can start by taking a sort of like a, a step back and just thinking about, OK, if you've got a one year old or a two year old in the UK, um, you can have one adult looking up to maximum sort of three or four of, of children that age in, in England. And so if you take one person's minimum wage salary and divide it by three or by four, you start to get into pretty big numbers pretty quickly, um, even though minimum wage is not you know not necessarily super high. But when you're thinking about parents paying for childcare out of their own salary, the it's it's an expensive thing to do looking after children. Um, so the 
I, can, I think structurally around the world, childcare is just an expensive business to be in. The question then becomes, how do we share that pain and how do we share the cost of that between governments or between families? Um, and where should that burden really be falling? In the UK or in England, uh, the system as it is, is pretty complicated. There's eight different programs that support families with the cost of childcare. Um, but the, the sort of net result of that is there's a lot of support for parents with three and four year olds. They get uh, at least 15 hours a week of childcare for free. Um, those in working families get 30 hours a week for free. So they they face they actually get a lot of support from the government with those costs. But if you have a younger child, um, you get much less. The, the programs that are available for those ages are much less generous. And so you end up in this strange situation where parents are kind of coming to the end of their maternity leave, which in England lasts considerably longer than it does in the U.S., um, but they're coming to the end of their leave. They're making decisions about whether or not to go back to work. They're facing at that point the highest child care prices that they're ever going to face. And they have access to some of the least amount of support to actually help them with those costs. Um, so it is a little bit of a peculiar way that the system has grown up. How does the cost of child care affect how women and families, like how they spend their money? It's a really interesting question. Um, so when you look at the at the out of pocket costs that families face for childcare, there's a situation where there is a minority of families who are paying an awful lot of money for childcare, um, particularly those with the sort of one year olds and two year olds, particularly those where uh, the single parent or both full time both both parents and a couple are working kind of full time jobs or more than full time jobs um, living perhaps in London or the southeast of England and so they have all of these factors that mean they need a lot of childcare and the childcare they're trying to access is pretty expensive per hour so there's a group of families where this is a really 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 big pressure on the family budget and that necessarily crowds out spending on other things that they might like to do. Um, whether that's kind of moving to a new house and adjusting their mortgage or whether that's going on a family holiday. But when you look at when you ask families sort of, do you find it difficult to afford your childcare costs? Actually, the vast majority of them say that they don't. It's only about one in one in five families say they find it difficult or very difficult to afford their their current spending on childcare. And so there is this kind of hidden hidden group of people where it doesn't seem like this is a really major um, influence on the on their personal household budgets or on their personal cost of living, either because they have slightly older kids, three and four year olds who are benefiting a lot from these from these free hours, um, or because they're getting childcare from other sources like grandparents or neighbors or family friends where they're not necessarily paying out of pocket. Um, they might be getting some support from their employers. They might be accessing some of the other government support schemes, but there is this large group of people who say, actually, you know what, this is not something that's causing me a lot of strain right now. Those figures are from 2019. So things may well have changed over the course of the pandemic and now over the course of the cost of living crisis. We also talked to Taryn Robinson, who is the communications assistant of the Pregnant Then Screwed organization. Okay, so we haven't um, changed major policy just yet, but so who's in charge? So it's the conservatives. And 
until now, whenever we've asked about, about childcare, they just talk about all these things that they've been implementing before that haven't had any real change. But since the protest, every time we've questioned them or like asked someone to question them in parliament, now they're saying that they are actually working on a policy, which is like a huge difference because before they were more or less ignoring it. And now they see that it's um, a real thing that parents are angry about, parents care about, but also everyone overall. So in the protest, we did a little survey before and after. And 61% of the people who came said it was their first protest. So people are way more invested than they ever were before and are really looking at the government for change. And now the government is responding by saying, yeah, we're actually working on something. And the two main parties, both Labour and Conservatives, both of them are working on childcare policies right now. So we will definitely be um, like impacting the manifestos that they're writing right now. Do you think that the um, rise of childcare costs will defer women from having children? Oh, I know it will. Like, that is a cold hard fact. We did a study, when was it? In September, and it said, and 31% of respondents said that they chose not their, and these are people who already have parents, so 31% of parents said that they're not going to have any more children because of the cost of childcare. And I think we've got even worse ones. Um, and 48% of mothers are going to cut their maternity leave short because they, um, it's, you know, it's not enough money. It's like 47% of minimum wage or something like that. Wondering, like, what's the final goal of pregnant then screwed? Is it going to stop at the March of the Mummies protest? Or like, what's the end goal? The end goal, like, we'd love to not exist because we've just completely fixed everything. So the end goal is to, like, um, end the motherhood penalty and to live in a world where someone can have a child and they're not going to get pushed out of their job. They're not going to be made redundant. They're not going to be demoted. They're not going to have to take on a role that's below what, like below their experience, below their skill level part-time just to make ends meet so that they can have children work like the same way everybody else wants to or even have the choice to stay at home because if there's enough money going around, they can do that. And to be able to retire because it, all, it also affects the gender pension gap so you can retire with enough money to actually not be totally when you're at retirement age so that's the goal to end the motherhood penalty don't know how long it'll take but we're gonna do it that's the plan so based on what we know now on average how many children do you think women are having in the uk uh probably just one honestly if any because just of how expensive even one is it's really hard to support one, two, three, how many like you want to have, you know? Yeah. Yeah, based on our research, it shows that the cost of childcare actually does like impact it hugely on how many children people have, which the average is like below two. So Yeah, because when we talked to Christine, like the economist, she was saying that like it affects people and how many children they're gonna have. And some women don't even want to have children because the expensive one is already so much, they just don't want to deal with all the expense. So how do you guys think the cost of childcare will affect how women and families spend their money? Uh, it definitely takes away from like the vacations, the like more, not necessities, but just... They just focus on what they like really need, like groceries. Mm -hmm. They don't think about like stuff they like want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll take away from all the, uh, like, fun that they'll have. 
And do you think that as they have more children, they'll even start dipping into the necessities? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. That's what Christine said. Because okay. it's just so much. And then once you add on more, it like doubles and triples and you have to take away from what you need and what you want. Yeah. So if a woman in the UK had a child, do you think they would stay at home or go back to work? Well, it really depends on like the person and what job you have because some people, if you have more than one child, it can get really expensive. And sometimes the like yeah. yearly payment isn't even enough to, to provide for it. It really depends on like who you are and like there are a bunch of different variables that go into that decision. You know, like if you had a partner and that partner was also uh, working, it might increase the chances of you staying home and taking care of the child, right? But if you don't have a partner, then you kind of have to go to work. So given the choice, do you think there's any benefits to going in or staying home? Well, I mean, you can pay your bills, like if you go to work. Yeah. <laughs> because if you don't go to work, then you can't pay your bills. Unless you have someone like Evan said, like a partner. But if you don't, then like... You have to kind of do it. Yeah, just kind of deal with it. Yeah, you kind of just have to do what's best for your family. Yeah, regardless of like whatever discrimination you'll face from the workplace or anything like that. Unfortunately, there's not much you can physically do to help this protest if you're not in the UK. But a good way to stand for the mothers of the United Kingdom is to donate to Pregnant Then Screwed so they can continue hosting their March of the Mummies protests. By doing this, we can further pressure the government to act on childcare, parental leave, and flexible working. You can also post about this issue on social media to get the word out. Today we'd like to thank special guests Christine Farquharson and Taryn Robinson for helping us out. And we'd also like to thank you, the listener. Because without you, where would we be? That's all we have today. Thanks for listening to the Gang Into Good Trouble podcast.